Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and this is another episode of our UTMB pre-race interview series. We are chatting with Taylor Nowlin, a professional trail runner for Adidas Terex based in Spokane, Washington, ahead of her race this year at UTMB CCC. Before we get started, though, this episode is brought to you by Gnarly Nutrition. Gnarly Nutrition is a sports nutrition company based here in my hometown, Salt Lake City, Utah. I use their tropical orange-flavored Fuel 2.0 drink mix on workout days and long runs, and I use their chocolate-flavored plant protein powder mixed into my oatmeal at breakfast on most days. If you're interested in trying Gnarly or you are already a customer and want a good deal for being a single-track listener, use code SINGLETRACK20 to get 20% off your next order at checkout on their website. Taylor Nowlin, welcome back to the Single Track Podcast. Thank you so much, Finn. I'm happy to be here. So last time we talked, you had just secured a golden ticket to Western States via Black Canyon. Fast forward a few months, you had an excellent race, at least by my account at Western States, a top 10, seventh overall. I think it was your first 100 miler, if I remember correctly. And yeah, um, what were the biggest takeaways? I'm curious. Oh, man. The biggest, I think the, the first biggest one was just like the, the confidence that comes from knowing that I can actually finish that. I think that I was so nervous going in to 100, just trying to like... I don't know, figure out how to run that far and how to handle all the logistics. So I definitely was really happy when I just crossed the finish line. <laughs> Are there any things, and obviously with each hundred miler, you learn a ton and there's things that like in retrospect, you wish you tweaked, but um, you're not doing that again at UTMB, like you're doing CCC, but it's still a big race. Are there any uh, adjustments you're looking to make um, that you've maybe worked on in training for uh, for this one? I, I think the biggest one is, I mean, for Western states, I didn't know that I could go that far. So I felt like I started pretty conservative and I raced pretty conservative just because I was so nervous about the distance. And now stepping down um, to 100K, I feel like I'm a lot more ready to like titrate up on my effort a little bit and see like what I can handle um, and like, kind of like take some big risks. And I think if I don't take those risks, then there could really easily be some potential left out on the table. So that's, that's my takeaway. So you are attempting, in my mind, a version of the Western States UTMB double. You're doing Western States and CCC, so slightly modified, but it's still a challenge and there's still a relatively limited time frame to recover and put in solid work again. Um, how are you approaching that? Like, how much time did you take off after Western and maybe walk us through uh, what you've done specifically for this race? For sure. So I really took some notes from Emily Hoggett, actually, who last year, of course, did the the Western States UTMB double. Exactly. I mean, amazing. So of course I asked her, like, what did you do? And just decided, like, I'm going to do that. So the first week after Western States, I, I did nothing. I don't know that I could have done things if I wanted to. So <laughs> that was easy. Uh, the second week, I did like some kind of easy runs, more bike rides, but like nothing substantial. And then after that, I feel like I actually kind of made a mistake here. But I just assumed that I could like jump right back into my pre-Western States training and like add some vert to it. And I could not handle it. I I, I made it for like a week and then I really quickly had to like... I don't know, reconfigure my training plan a lot, just like go down in volume and make sure 
the workouts I was doing were like quality and um, just scale back a lot because my body is definitely like tired. I, I totally underestimated it and it's been pretty hot here in Spokane. So I feel like my training has been a pretty pared down, like mileage wise approach um, compared to what I did for Western States. And I've just been doing like more technical trails, like whipping out the poles, things like that. I was just going to ask, we talked a little bit in our last conversation about what it's like to live and train in Spokane. I'm curious, is there anything there that to some extent mimics what you're going to be facing out on the CCC course? I feel like to get to like the gnarliest terrain, you have to drive a little bit. The thing that's probably closest to my house is there's two different, actually about like 3000 foot climbs that I've been doing like repeats of, um, just on like the local mountains, but I'm hoping to drive down to McCall like later in the week. Um, and then anything up towards like Canada, the Selkirks are like super rocky and gnarly. And I feel like it's actually really good training for like how crazy it is to be in Chamonix and all those trails. Cool. I have been noticing on Instagram and Strava that getting over to Chamonix as early as possible is like quite the rage this year. And it's not just the Adidas Terex team, but it seems like it's everybody. And maybe it's because of the Jim Walmsley effect. I'm not really sure. Uh, Are you getting over there to some extent early to, to do some course previewing and just getting acquainted? I'm getting there on the 16th. So I'll have like 10 days beforehand, but um, just cause that's, that's all I could actually get off work, okay. <laughs> but I have such FOMO seeing everyone out there early. I've definitely noticed that and it, it eats me alive a little bit where I'm like at the hospital working, but <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. And then we're talking now about two weeks out generally, are, how are you feeling right now? And do you have any expectations for race day? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited. I'm trying to stay off social media and stay away from Strava just because like you said, it seems like everyone's over there already and like logging big miles and doing tons of vert. And like, I can't do that right now. It doesn't work with my, with my schedule. So I think just kind of focusing on like showing up fresh has been my biggest thing. I think that that is a great point to hammer home. Like there is a ton of value in just yeah shutting off the internet essentially and if you can just like convene with friends and family and and do your thing from a running standpoint and like cook and read and stuff like that and work it's um lebron james in the basketball world has this thing he calls zero dark 30 mode where when it's playoff time in the (laughs) nba he just like totally goes off twitter and instagram and all that stuff and i think that that's that's a cool model to follow in our world as well that's cool that you're doing it yeah, I'm zero dark 30 mode in uh, <laughs> the heck out of this. <laughs> for the gearheads in the audience, last question I have for you. What gear are you using on race day? I mean, I feel like the shoes are the most essential part. So I'm running in the Adidas Terex Speed Ultra. I feel like that's what you'll see probably most of the Terex athletes running in. It's their yeah. like light, fast, but still really tough like racing shoe. Um, it's what I train in actually most of the time and it's great on like rocks doesn't beat up your feet enough so that I've got my lecky pulls um, pretty much the same kit I actually wore at Western States and not really gonna change that much are those shoes um, on the market for consumers mm-hmm. okay. yeah yeah they are okay I'm always curious yeah. if we if, if people are out there like in in protos so that's cool no no I, I I'm sure some people have some but yeah no those are that's like my go-to shoe and it's, it's always on their site. You can Amazon Prime it if you want to. Um, 
yeah, those are the main pieces of gear. I've got like my five-year-old space blanket that I that I have in like all my <laughs> all my emergency kits that I just am bringing back once again. <laughs> I I forgot to ask at the top of the conversation: Is this your first time racing in Europe, in addition to just being in Chamonix? No, actually, I raced uh, OCC last year. Oh my gosh. I feel like every time I talk with you, I always miss like critical points of research that I should have gotten, <laughs> but like ultra sign up is not totally reliable. Anyways, I'm making excuses. No. But how did OCC go last year? I, it was, oh man, some things went wrong for sure, but it wasn't that bad. I got ninth, um, but I had the oh, roughest awesome. start I've probably ever had at a race. I drove to the start. I was in a car on my way to the start, like the right before, cause we were staying in champ. And um, there's like really windy roads and I am so, so prone to car sick. And we were speeding along and I got so nauseous and I was still like on the starting line. I was still so nauseous. And I remember the first climb, like everyone just taking off so hard. And I was like, don't barf, don't barf, don't barf. So my goal for this year is just to like not get uber car sick on the starting line. <laughs> cool. Well, I am super excited to follow your race here in a couple of weeks, and I promise in our next interview to be more diligent with my research and to realize that you've, you've been there and done that. But uh, yeah, congrats on a great Western finish, and it's always great to chat. So until next thank time, you. thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.